don't think there could be a better way to start off with Holy Scripture. Can there be? It's also not a bad way to kick off a new program here. Then within the beginning. In the beginning, there was God. This is where we begin. And this is where we remain. With God. Or better yet, God with us. Because isn't it God who takes the initiative to create? And it's God who chooses to remain and to engage with this creation throughout history. And this is what we will see time and time again throughout Scripture this year as we journey from beginning here in Genesis and preaching throughout the Old Testament into the Gospels and then through the New Testament. How God engages and interacts with God's creation. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth. But as we read in the beginning, we see that God is not alone in the beginning. But that there is something else. A formless void. In Hebrew, the two words that make up the phrase formless void are tohu vabohu. The first word in the unit, tohu, when found by itself in other biblical texts, translates as chaos or confusion, emptiness, waste place, formless or futile. And so there is, in the beginning, some form or formless chaos as a wind sweeps over the waters. So, in the beginning, there is God, there is chaos, and there is wind sweeping over the waters. As I think of these images, in Genesis 1, I cannot help but think of our brothers and sisters in Texas and Florida and around the world who are sweeping wings, water, and chaos of Harvey and Irma leave behind nothing in their wake but destruction. Destruction. Quite the opposite of creation. It is into the midst of chaos and sweeping wings that God first begins the process of creation. It is also in the midst of chaos when the Israelites first shared this creation story, not just as a way to tell how God created, but also to share a statement of faith. Beth Tanner, professor of Old Testament at New Brunswick, Theological Seminary shares the background of this text. She writes, I believe that Genesis 1 has so much more to say, especially in these times of chaos and destruction, than simply trying to answer the question of how God created the world. Genesis 1 was written as a statement of faith by God's people in the midst of a horrific time. The time would have been during or immediately following the post-exile period. Jerusalem, the temple, and major cities in Israel had been attacked by Babylon. 
and its leaders have been taken off into exile. Even the fall of the Babylonians did not spell freedom, just domination by another group, the Persians. In that time, the country that won the war and conquered the area was seen as the one with the strongest and most powerful God. So for the people of Israel, questions hung in the air. Is our God strong enough to protect? Did God just go away and not care anymore? Should we abandon the God of our ancestors for other gods that are seemingly in control of this world? Is Yahweh a lesser God who cannot protect or control world events? The beautiful prose of Genesis 1 gives one answer. It's not about how long a day is or the answer to the question of when dinosaurs appear in the created order. The answer is not meant to equal historical fact. In fact, it might be better to think of Genesis 1 as answering the following question. Do you still believe that our God is strong enough to protect and to bless us? We have some of the same questions we ask ourselves today, don't we, in the midst of the chaos of our world? We struggle theologically in times of chaos, asking ourselves the question, where is God? Some answer, like Kirk Cameron and others this week, that God sent these hurricanes of chaos to teach us a lesson. Or maybe we are overwhelmed by the chaos and feel that God has just simply left us alone. Feel discouraged that God is no longer or cannot be in control, not active or engaged in our world. Because if God could do something, why doesn't God stop us? I think we can answer this question by getting back to God's creating process. Remember when God created everything? It was good. From the light, to the sky, to the land, to the waters, to the creatures of both land and sea and air, to the sun and the moon and the stars, it was all good. Then God created humans in God's image. And they were not good, but very good. Supremely good. Something is different about this last creation, something that sets it apart. The image of God within. This creation is given the gift from the Creator. All the rest of creation. This made in the image of God creation is tasked by the Creator with the duty to continue to create as the Creator first began creating. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says about this first chapter of Genesis, Implicit in the first chapter of Genesis is thus a momentous challenge. Just as God is creative, so you be creative. In making humans, God endowed one creature, the only one thus far known to science, with the capacity not merely to adapt to his environment, but to adapt his environment to him, to shape the world, to be active, not merely passive, in relation to the influences and circumstances that surround them. Brothers and sisters, think about it. 
God has not stopped the process of creating. God has not abandoned creation. God still continues to create through us, God's creation. Think about what happens after God gives this responsibility to humans. God rests. We often think of it as an example. God rests and so should we. And we should take it as such. But think about what resting also means. It's not that God is tired. Does God really need a break? No, while God sets an example for us in resting, it is also a way that God entrusts God's creation to us, so much so that God can take a step back. God stops creating, not because the creative process has ended, but because God invites us to continue a new way that God continues creation that God has put in motion. We are called, as God's image, to imitate God in the creation process. As we look around our world and see much chaos, the chaos of hurricanes, of violence, of hate and injustice, how do we respond to this chaos? In the musical Rent, there's a line from the song La Vie Boheme that states, the opposite of war isn't peace, but creation. In the midst of chaos, destruction, and death, we are called as God's creative agents to create. To create hope out of despair. To create life out of death. When neighbors from across the country line up their boats on a highway to drive into Houston to rescue neighbors they do not know, that is continuing God's creation process. When research finds medication to bring healing, relieve pain, that is continuing God's creation process. When we care for this planet that God gave us, to bring forth food, that is, that is continuing God's creation process. When we feed the hungry and care for the sick and visit the lonely, we are continuing God's creative process. Thomas Merton said, To say that I am made in the image of God is to say that love is the reason for my existence. For love, for God, is love. God does not abandon. God is present. God is with us. We hear this over and over again in Scripture. And we see it again in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. From the very beginning, God. God made known to us in Christ, was engaging with creation, was engaging with the world. And God took on flesh to be active in God's creation. And Jesus is our God. Jesus who displayed selfless, sacrificial love. Love that is from God in which we are created. And just as God the Creator created, thinking of others, so too does Jesus' ministry focus on others. 
So may we never forget that God has abandoned this world. May we know and trust that God came in the flesh to be present with this world that he created. But also may we know, as children of God, as disciples of Christ, may we continue in this creation process, founded in love, in the image of God in which we created, to share, to give hope and life to this world. For in the midst of chaos, creation and life is created. Amen.